0: What's up, church planters and all you fans of church planting? My name is Jared Huntley, and Logan is not here today, so I am on my own. And you guys are listening to In the Trenches, a podcast by Everyday Church Planters for the Everyday Church Planter. So whether you're a lead church planter, or you're on a church planting team, or you're just a fan of church planting, then this podcast is for those of you who want to get in the trenches with us and advance the kingdom of God. We're going to be trying something pretty new today, actually really new for me. Uh, I'm going to be doing my first ever solo episode of In the Trenches. So uh, I am not sure how this is going to go, but uh, we're going to do it. And I'm really appreciative that you guys are listening in. So I hope that you'll bear with me. And we're going to be talking today about Christmas during COVID. Uh, I'm excited to jump into this episode with you guys, uh, and I hope that you'll give me some feedback afterwards. I'm kind of interested to see how it goes, just doing a a solo episode with me and you and my laptop today as I record here in my little home office. Um, So, obviously, Christmas is a an important time of year for all churches, and it's an important time of year for church plants. And ordinarily, uh, around this time of year, you might be gearing up for your Christmas candlelight service, or maybe you've got a massive you know, outreach event that you would do during the Christmas season. But I would venture to bet that your plans, much like uh, our plans at my church, have changed dramatically this Christmas as opposed to other Christmases. Um, I mean, like, gosh, right now, uh, all over the country, it seems like every day I'm seeing new reports coming out about uh, various new, uh, you know, lockdown measures and restrictions that are being handed down as COVID-19 cases have been rising around the country, which is obviously very concerning. Uh, but I, I'm also, it, it it introduces this added complication for churches where we're facing, you know, second and some in some cases even third rounds of lockdowns uh, for for us we're in washington dc and we just last week learned that uh we're now uh we've been put at a 50 person cap and so uh, obviously that changes things for us we were able to gather at 50 percent capacity of our building and now uh we are there's a cap of 50 people put on our gathering limit so we we can't even gather all of our members uh, in one place And so, you know, that's definitely is going to impact the way that we approach uh, the Christmas season this year. And so uh, I wanted to talk about that. And, uh, you know, I think that uh, what we tend to do, I think a lot of pastors and especially church planters, when we approach Christmas, I think rightly, we see it as a very uh, uh, opportune time to reach lost people with the gospel. And the reason for that is that there are a lot of people still in our society who ordinarily during the rest of the year would not attend a worship service, but during Christmas and Easter, they're much more likely to say yes to an invitation. And so naturally that's, you know, for years and years now, one of the big emphases around Christmas and around Easter for churches and church plants is to try to invite um unchurched people to come to the service so that they can hear the gospel and a very evangelistic message is preached. Uh, and, you know, I, I honestly, obviously uh, don't think there's you know anything wrong with that, but it's definitely kind of a come and see approach. And the strategy is let's put on a really big event with a really big draw and try to get as many unchurched people as we possibly can into the space so that they can hear the gospel. Now, I think that I suspect what's going to happen because I, and I, the reason I suspect this is going to happen is because it's already been happening in in some ways is that uh, many churches and church plants are going to just pivot and they're still going to take that um, big event um, approach where we try to draw a lot of unchurched people in, but they're just going to move it online. And, while that might be one way that you can, you know, uh, make some evangelistic efforts this Christmas season, and I'm actually going to talk ab- about a way later on that our church is going to be utilizing, uh, you know, online uh, to be able to, to reach lost people. I want to propose to you that there may be some more effective and some more personal ways that uh, you may be able to um, to to engage people with the gospel this Christmas season, specifically by equipping your people. So here's here's kind of what I want you to, to think about. Here's the way I want you to think about it entering into this Christmas season. Uh, we need to, to focus on sending in the special forces and not the entire battalion during this COVID season. And so what I mean by that is that instead of focusing on the big event that reaches lots of people and that tries to get as many unchurched people as possible into a place, instead, shifting, using this as an opportunity to shift our focus towards equipping each of your church members and then deploying them throughout your city uh, to go and make disciples. Um, And I, I think... As difficult as COVID-19 has been um, on churches, on ministries, as many hindrances as it has um, put in our path in a lot of ways, I really think that heading into this Christmas season, this may actually be a benefit to us because it is going to continue, as it has all year, to force us away from pragmatism and towards a dependency upon the Holy Spirit and prayer. Because I think that as well-intentioned as we can be with our efforts to try to draw people in to hear the gospel, I really think that we're tempted oftentimes towards pragmatism, where we, we want to do what works. And the way that we define what works is how many People, can I get in my building, or how many hands can I get to be raised whenever the gospel is preached, or how many people can I get to say yes to go and be baptized? And and look, I'm not saying that genuine fruit doesn't come out of those things. It does. Um, oftentimes, it does. However, all I, what I am saying is that I think that we are tempted to try to find a formula that quote unquote works and then repeat it over and over again, um, expecting that if we just kind of run the play, that we're going to get the desired results. And I think that that's dangerous because best case, what will happen is that we just won't get any results and the the quote unquote results that we do get will just be surface level. And worst case, we might actually like manufacture and actually like deceive people. Um, and, you know, I, I, I think we need to be careful that we're not building on the foundation of the gospel with, with wood and with hay and stubble, uh, but that we're building with precious stones, with gold In silver. And I think one of the ways that we can do that this Christmas season is by using this opportunity we've been given to equip our church members to uh, go into Beyond Mission this Christmas season, you know, taking that time that we would usually take towards a big event and thinking of some creative ways that we can um, uh, equip the saints for the work of ministry. So, what I want to do is I just want to kind of run through some ideas with you. That's what we're going to do with the rest of our time. Uh, I just want to share with you a couple of of ways that you might be able to do that. Some of these things are things that we're going to be doing uh, at at our church. Uh, Some of them are things that I've heard of others doing that I thought were neat ideas. And so uh, you can always reach out to me if you have follow-up questions on how to do some of these things. uh, My email address is in the show notes. I'd be happy to share any of that with you. Um, And honestly, guys, like the reason that the reason that we do this podcast that Logan and I do this podcast is because we want to be an encouragement to you. Um, we, we really do care about you as our listeners and we recognize that you make a time investment by listening to this. Like even if you're listening to it in the car or while you work out or you know, what have you, or why you're, you're, you're doing something and it's on in the background. The reality is is that you could be listening to something else uh, or you could be doing something else. And so, Uh, We don't take that lightly that you invest time in this and we're thankful for that and we want to be a blessing to you. And so that's that's part of the reason I just want to run down some of these, you know, uh, practical ways and hopefully some of these things will spark some ideas that Lord willing will lead to fruit that maybe it'll spark some ideas that will end up becoming realities for you and for your church, and that as a result of them being implemented, that somebody hears the gospel this Christmas season that wouldn't have otherwise heard it. Like, if that happens, then, man, all of this is worth it. So uh, before I get into the uh, the 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 various ideas that I wanted to lay out, though, I want to say one other thing. Um, one other thing that I want you to keep in mind as we think about this unique Christmas season that we're in when usually, you know, our schedules would be really busy. We would probably have a lot of stuff, you know, going on. There'd be different events going on. We'd be gearing up for, you know, outreach. We'd be gearing up for our Christmas candlelight services. You know, you might be, you know, having to write more sermons than usual, typically what have you. Um, I want you to consider how God may be blessing you with this time to really focus in on your family as well. So as an, I am an entrepreneurial, like really driven type of personality. And so I have a hard time not being busy. And I suspected that uh, many of you who listen to this podcast are the same way. And COVID-19 has been especially hard on me in that respect. Uh, and the holiday season uh, itself has actually exacerbated that issue. Or we're right now, we're just on the other side of Thanksgiving. And I'll be honest, like this past week was kind of tough for me because we didn't travel for Thanksgiving. We didn't go anywhere. And there's not been a whole lot going on because of COVID ministry wise. And I found myself like really kind of going stir crazy and not knowing what to do with myself Uh, because I can't stand being still and not doing something. But as I've been you know, reflecting on it, I think that this is a gift from God. And I think this is a great time to remember that God does not need you or me to change the world or to bring revival to our respective city. That doesn't mean he will not bring revival to your city through you. He might do that. But whether or not he does is his prerogative alone. It has nothing to do with how hard you work or how talented you are or how faithful you are. I and mean, God has worked through some really jacked up men and women throughout history. And there have also been really many very faithful, godly men and women who have labored in obscurity for their entire ministries throughout the history of the world, people whose names we will never know. The point is that we don't need to feel like we need to constantly be on like if i'm not working on improving our church and if i'm not working on reaching the city and if i'm not if we're not constantly making something to happen in the community and if we're not constantly keeping buzz and momentum this word momentum is a word that church planters just love we got to keep momentum like guys like it's okay to rest it's okay to just Spend time with your families and to relax this Christmas season, knowing that God is still on the throne. Like you don't have to have a major event every month. And that may be the one thing you need to hear in this episode is that it's okay to not have a major event this Christmas. It's okay to not do something major, uh, you know, even an online major event. Like, Maybe, depending on your context, I know this is going to be anathemas for some of you, but maybe you just need to not hold a service on December the 27th. Like, I, I really think that that's a, a Christian liberty issue and it depends on the context. And But, you know, if like all of your people are gone and out of town... Right? Maybe you think of some creative ways to, uh, you know, to gather together or what have you. Maybe you do, instead of doing your normal worship service, you do a more, you know, low key toned down acoustic, you know, worship service on the 27th. Or maybe you meet in homes or something like that. All I'm saying is that we can rest easy and spend time with our families and relax, knowing that God is still on the throne. And just be faithful where you're at and do things like, you know, share Jesus with the Amazon Prime delivery guy or the waiter at the restaurant or spend time getting back on track with your family devotions or spend some extra time with your children and discipling them. Like all of those things matter. They're all impactful. So, that's probably the most important thing I could share with you in this episode and remind you of, and I'm reminding myself of these things. So if you if you know me personally and you see me, then you should definitely like just pull me aside if you talk to me at some point in December and remind me of what I'm reminding you right now, that uh, I don't have to change the world and I don't have to bring revival to my city either. Uh, so I hope that's helpful for you, but let's go ahead and get on to some just practical ways that we can reach out to our cities by equipping our church members. uh, This, christmas season because the reality is is that there are people all around us who are lost uh and they right now are alienated from christ and the life that is in him and they are facing an eternity separated from him and we have really good news that we desire for the people who live around us to know and we can't get that good news out to them all by ourselves we've got to equip others so One of the things that I would encourage you to think about doing is to um, do some sort of a workshop or seminar or gospel conversation training where you prepare your church members. You invite them into this and prepare them on how to start and have gospel conversations at their family gatherings this Christmas you're going to have church members. uh, Most of your church members are either going to be going somewhere for Christmas uh, to see family, or they're going to have family coming to them, or they're going to be with friends, but they're going to be with other people. And there's a really good chance that at least somebody in every single one of those gatherings is going to not know Jesus, who's going to be unsaved. And what I want to urge you to do is to help your church members think when they think about getting together with family for the holidays, they're not first and foremost thinking about all the ham that they're going to demolish and the apple pie and all the presents that are going to be opened and the games that are going to be played. All those things are awesome, great, and we should enjoy those things. They are blessings from God, but encouraging our church members to think about first and foremost, the kingdom of God when we gather for Christmas, like how can I be on mission? How can I engage my family members and my friends with the gospel? Because that's the primary reason that God is allowing me to gather is so that I, with my family this Christmas is because like, I've got good news that they need to to know. And it's hard to share the gospel with family members and friends. And so one of the big barriers I think for our church members oftentimes and for believers is that they don't even know how to bring it up or, or what to say. And so I think just being able to encourage them on, uh, with some practical ways on how to, you know, bring up a gospel conversation and, uh, and, And I think also reminding them of the sovereignty of God and salvation, that we don't have to be perfect uh, in our gospel presentations, that uh, God is the one who saves people, um, not us. And I think, again, kind of going back to what I was talking about earlier with this whole idea of pragmatism, I I think in many ways, unfortunately, uh, I'm not saying every pastor has done this, but I think I say we... And when I say we, I mean we, the church as a whole, capital C church as a whole in the West, have unfortunately trained our church members to think pragmatically about evangelism because we've always been so focused on what works that we tend to shy away from those aspects of the gospel that are a little bit less agreeable. And we tend to emphasize the more palatable aspects of the gospel. And we, we deemphasize things like sin and coming judgment and, um, you know, the exclusivity of, of, you know, faith in Christ alone. And we focus on more of the felt needs of the gospel because we're, we want to do what works. But I think what, one, one of the problems with that, whenever we start to get pragmatic in the way that we you know, approach evangelism, is that we are subtly communicating that um, the effectiveness of our evangelism depends on the quality of the presentation. And if that is the impression that Christians have, then... It doesn't surprise me at all why so few Christians wouldn't want to share the gospel, because they don't feel confident to be able to do so adequately, and they're afraid they're going to mess it up. And I hear that all the time when I talk to people, when I train people in evangelism on, you know, why they struggle with sharing the gospel. And so I, I just think... Reminding people of how big God is and how God uses broken, finite, weak vessels, and that all we need to do is just boldly proclaim the whole counsel of God. We don't need to leave out the unpalatable parts. We need to proclaim the whole gospel, every single bit of it, and then trust that God is going to use that, that God will. Accomplish all that he has sent forth his word to accomplish. Um, so just, here's what you can do. Like, just do like a seminar or a workshop and say, hey, we're going to do this workshop and we're going to equip you on how to have gospel conversation conversations when you go home with your family. And just, when you do that workshop, like, you know the gospel. You know you're a pastor. You're a church leader. So remind your church members, hey, here's what the essential components of a gospel presentation are. Encourage them that God wants to use them as vessels to share that gospel. And then remind them that it's okay if they don't have answers to all the questions. It's okay if they get rejected. It's okay if there's objections. They don't need to answer every one of those things. They just need to be faithful messengers and faithful vessels. Um, and I, you know, you can also equip them with with things like uh, send them home with. With gospel tracks, there's a great um, uh, track that John Piper has done called "The Joy of Christmas," and it's just a Christmas themed gospel track. Uh, one of the things that you could encourage your people to do is is include that track in each of the gifts that they give out, uh, or you know, a lot of people send out Christmas cards. So if they're going to be sending out you know, like a hundred Christmas cards to a bunch of people. Well, include one of those gospel tracks and those Christmas cards. What a great way to get the gospel message in front of people that you or wouldn't ordinarily get to do. And then you can include a little note that says like, Hey, I'd love to talk more about this with you. Um, you know, if you're interested, you know, uh, I'll be, I'll be following up or, or what have you. Um, so that's that's one of the primary things I'd encourage you to do is to equip your people. Another thing you can do is reach out to local officials in your area to connect with families in need and encourage your church members to sign up to, quote unquote, adopt a family and purchase Christmas gifts for the children. So we're doing that. We've partnered with a local foster and adoption care organization to, uh, quote unquote, adopt um, a couple of families who are in need this Christmas, and uh, we're going to be buying Christmas presents for the kids. And so our, our families are, uh, our people in our church are getting to adopt these families and uh, pray for them and buy gifts for them and uh, minister to them. Um, another thing you can do is you could provide Christmas dinners for families in need in your community. If you're, especially if you're in a, in an urban area or like a city, then odds are that there are probably hungry people, uh, within a pretty, you know, close distance to you. Uh, just last week we did a Thanksgiving food drive and our church was able to feed 90 families Thanksgiving dinner. We were able to provide Thanksgiving groceries for 90 families and it was really cool because we got to uh, you know, on the day when families came to pick up the groceries, we got to pray with people. We got to share the gospel with a lot of people like, and we just got to meet a lot of people in the community. And so you could do something like that for Christmas um, just by reaching out to local officials or other local organizations that are involved in, you know, community outreach and ask them what the needs are, figure out, Um, you know, what's happening in in your community and then figure out how to rally together as a church to come together and meet those needs. Um, Another thing you can do is you can divide your congregation into maybe smaller groups in the various neighborhoods, depending on you know, where people in your church live and you can split up and do some social distance Christmas caroling. Um, and what you can, the, and I'm not saying you this, you know, go do Christmas caroling just so that you can put something on your church calendar. There's evangelistic purpose behind this. One of the things you can do is you can take those Christmas gospel tracks with you uh, and and then hand them out at each of the places you stop. So people who come outside, um, you're, you know, you have the opportunity not only to share the, joy of Christmas with people through song, but then to leave, you know, that gospel tract with people, or maybe you can include a, you know, a flyer, um, you know, with your church's information on it, or, you know, if you're going to be doing like an online Christmas Eve service that like, we're going to talk about that in a second, you might include information on how people could tune into that, uh, as well. And, um, it's a cool way to do, you know, social distancing style, obviously, uh, depending on where you live, you know, context matters. So some places that might go over better than others. Um, you know, there's uh, obviously you would like want to wear masks and stuff probably wouldn't be the like greatest idea to like show up at somebody's front door and start, you know, blasting Christmas carols right in their face, you know, like three feet away or something like that. They probably wouldn't appreciate that. But, um, you know, it also just depends on where you are in the country. And uh, you need to have your finger on the pulse of the neighborhood probably to get a, a feel for how well you think something like that would go over. But uh, I do think it's people are lonely, people are isolated, and I think that there uh, there is a need for light and there is a need for joy. And so I think something simple like doing Christmas caroling um, can be a really neat way uh, just to meet people that you wouldn't otherwise get to meet and to get the gospel into the hands of people you probably otherwise wouldn't get to. Um another another thing you can do uh just uh, you know just ideas for gospel tracks is and you know aside from putting them in um uh Christmas gifts or in the Christmas cards that send out you can also encourage your know, church members to do things like tie them up in a bundle of with baked goods and pass them out to your neighbors um again got to consider your context if you're in a place where you you think that people are going to automatically think that you know those cookies are covered in covid then uh, you know like probably not the best idea um no joke we actually it's a pretty funny story when we were my wife and i were in canada before we were in dc and Um, I planted a church up there and early on when we were there uh, we were trying to meet our neighbors during Christmas time and so we uh, decided to invite people over to our house for like a Christmas party and the way that we did is we printed out invitations and we we tied them to you know homemade cookies we baked cookies and you know tied them up in a a plastic bag and all that stuff. And, and my wife, Jen knocked on one of our neighbor's doors and he like looked at her with this puzzled look and the cookies in his hands and, and like dead serious looked at her and asked her, you know, like, are these, are these cookies poisoned? Um, and like, he actually thought that, like, he was actually suspecting that, like, I'm not sure if these people haven't poisoned these cookies. So, uh, anyways, he wasn't a big fan, but a lot of other people were. And so it's something that, uh, you know, you can consider doing as just another neat way to share, uh, to show care, uh, for your neighbors. So, like I said, a lot of what you're going to do is going to depend on your context. Like we're, we're in a highly transient, large City uh, in Washington DC. So even dur- even uh, when we're not in a global pandemic, like doing something like a Christmas Eve servant service doesn't make a lot of sense for us because like seventy five percent of our people are going to be gone on Christmas anyways. So like one thing that we're going to do, and I think you know I'm not sure if this is something we'll keep doing after COVID, but it makes a lot of sense this year is we're going to be doing a recording, a short Christmas uh, devotional slash service. So we're going to do a couple of Christmas songs and then uh, I'll do a 15 to 20 minute just gospel presentation, Christmas themed gospel presentation. And then we're going to premiere it live at 8 p.m. on Christmas Eve on Facebook and YouTube. But what we're going to do is we're going to encourage our church members to to tune in and watch it live with their families at 8 o'clock on Christmas Eve because a lot of people aren't going to be able to go to actual candlelight services this year. So we are going to, you know, encourage our, people to approach it as an evangelistic opportunity because they're probably going to be with family members that don't know Jesus. And so they, it's just a natural opportunity for them to invite their family members into an opportunity to hear the gospel presentation. And then what we're going to be encouraging them to do is be prepared to have follow-up conversations. So like once, you know, they've watched this short little 30 minute, you know, service, like ask family members, like, what do you guys think? You know, like, like have side conversations about it, Uh, follow up with family members that you know, don't know Jesus about the message that they heard of the gospel. And so we're in, and we're going to continue. So it's not, we're not replacing equipping our church members to do the work of ministry with a big online event, but we're equipping them and, and we're still using, you know, the online, uh, you know, tool, uh, if you will, to be able to create, help create opportunities for gospel conversations to happen within the home for our church members, if that makes sense. So, um, I I think, you know, some people are like, oh, you shouldn't, you know, do online services at all. And, uh, you know, that's just, you know, you know, it's too pragmatic or what have you. And, and I think that's, you know, swinging the pendulum too far. Like uh, by all means, we should use the, uh, the tools that God has put at our disposal, but we ought we need to make sure we're not like using them like a crutch and trying to replace, you know, our responsibility to equip the saints for the work of ministry and our responsibility to actually share the gospel, uh, in person with, um, with, you know, technology and with big events and things like that. Um, so anyways, uh, I hope some of those things were, some of those ideas were uh, helpful for you. Um, you know, others of you, maybe, maybe you're like, well, we're doing a Christmas candlelight service this year because we don't have any restrictions in our state and we're going forward as planned. And Hey, by all means, praise God. That's great. Um, I think you should, uh, I would just encourage you as well. In addition to holding that, um, you know, Uh, Christmas candlelight service uh, be thinking about ways that you're going to equip your church members to do the work of ministry this Christmas season so that's about all I've got for this episode and um, hey I've Think it's gone fairly well. I have. I'm actually kind of amazed that I have talked for 30 straight minutes, and I feel like I haven't completely bumbled and fumbled over myself. Um, my wife probably wouldn't be too surprised that I was able to talk without stopping for 30 straight minutes. Um, I think she hears me do that probably more often than she would like, but hopefully. You enjoyed it more than uh, I think sometimes she does. Uh, and again, like I hope, pray this is a blessing to you. If it is, uh, one of the things that would really help Logan and I out is if you would share this podcast with others. One of the ways you can do that is share it on your social media page. Just share the link to our website, Com. Give us a shout out. Tag us. It's on Facebook, Instagram, um, just as a way to spread the word. About this podcast, so that we can get into the hands of others. Uh, you can also, uh, if you haven't subscribed yet, I'd really encourage you to do that. We're on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, lots of other different platforms. So go on there and hit the subscribe button. That would be super helpful for us. And if you haven't left a review yet with a five star rating, that is also another big way that when people search for church planting podcasts, um, the more reviews that get left, the more five-star ratings that get left, um, the higher up in the searches and the trenches is going to come. So, um, that just helps us get this podcast in the hands of more people that'll benefit from it. So I really uh, hope that you will consider doing that. And I want you to know that you can always reach out to us. We love hearing from our listeners. It's a huge encouragement. You guys are the reason that we do this podcast. Um, cause we want to be an encouragement to you. We want to, um, we want to produce value in your life, and we want we and we're praying for you. Like I'm, I'm praying for for each one of you this Christmas season. Just praying that that God will sustain you and that you won't be discouraged but encouraged, um, and that you'll be tremendously blessed this Christmas season uh, despite the difficulties. Um, we're all walking through them, uh, but just be encouraged, brother. Be encouraged, sister. That God is at work uh, even in the midst of of these difficulties. And and like I was saying at the beginning of the episode, I really believe. that this is an opportunity for us to press in even more into dependency on the Holy Spirit and prayer. And that's my exhortation for us this Christmas season is that it might be the best thing that could ever happen to our churches is to just get away from the same strategies we've always depended on and to just throw ourselves at God's mercy and plead with him on behalf of our cities. So we're going to be back next Monday with another episode of in the trenches lord willing logan will be back with me so until then go out there and get in those trenches church planters and pastors